Well now, could we turn in our Bibles to back, go back to Job and let's look at this, let's read the next uh, chapter or part of it. Um, Job chapter 2 and we'll read um, verses 1 to uh, 10. Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down it, on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? He still holds fast his integrity, even though you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life, but stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself (coughs) while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin in his lips, with his lips. So uh, let's, let's come to God now and let's ask for his help. Lord God, thank you for the opportunity uh, to consider your word together now. And thank you that your word is given to us to instruct us and to guide us and to help us, to help us to know how to live as Christians. We pray that you'll please uh, speak to us through your word now. And we pray that you will help us to hear what you have to say. Please help me to bring out from your word Uh, what is really helpful. Uh, We pray that you'll speak to all of our hearts and we pray you'll help us to love you and serve you better in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know that Martin spoke uh, very helpfully from Job um, a few weeks ago, but it did seem to me that it might be helpful for us to um, to do so. And the reason, the one thing which 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 um, led me to this is that um, I was talking to somebody, and this is an experience I've had quite often. 
And this person had professed to be a Christian, and he professed to love the Lord. But sadly, this person had come to the point where he said, well, I don't see any point in trusting him. Problems just come more and more and more. I've had all this suffering in my life, and it just doesn't get any better. It just is going like a constant drizzle of all these problems. And I don't think God is good. I, 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 I don't believe in him anymore. And um, I think he said something like, I feel better now. I don't believe in him. Which is very, very sad. And it, it did make me think of this, of this passage. And it made me think, we need to be careful as Christians about how we respond to, uh, to suffering in our lives. We need to be careful not to curse God, not to say that God is bad, not to say, not to turn away from God. Um, Hebrews says, doesn't it, see to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And really, when we, you know, probably all of us at times when we have difficulty, we're tempted, aren't we, perhaps to feel sorry for ourselves, perhaps to moan, perhaps to grumble. If you think about it, when we are grumbling, when we moan, in a, in a subtle sort of way, we are saying, God has made a mistake. God has got things wrong. Now, the issue here in these chapters, and the whole point of this trial that, that God allowed Job to go through, was, is, is this. Would Job continue trusting God? Or would Job basically throw in the towel and say, I'm fed up. God is not good. I'm, I'm not going to believe him anymore. I'm not going to honor him anymore. And what the devil was saying was, ah, he's only trusting you because you've made his life easy. But make, it, allow his life, make his life hard and he will curse you to, to, to your face. And God is saying, no, I'm confident that that he won't. And try and see. See what happens. And as, as, as we know, Job, Job passed the test. He didn't, uh, he didn't fail. So it, let's just review um, this thing about cursing God. Uh, that this was the issue, wasn't it? Even, even for his sons, Job was worried that they might curse God. Verse 5, chapter 1. When the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them and would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. So Job was worried, well, maybe my children might curse God so he would offer these sacrifices repeatedly every time they would have a, a festival which probably looks like it's every day every time they'd have a feast <coughs> the next day he would offer sacrifices for them just in case they cursed God and then when Satan comes and presents himself before 
God. God points out Job to him. And and, and Satan says uh, to God, verse 11 of chapter 1, But stretch out your hand and touch all he has, and he will curse you to your face. I think this gives us the idea of what it means to, to curse God. In other words, you know, cause him to suffer, he says, and he will start to say all sorts of terrible things about you, that you're bad, you get things wrong, etc., etc. Well then, the various disasters struck, and Job's response, chapter 1, verse 21, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, verse 22, comment. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So again, this helps us to see what it means to curse God. To curse God is to charge God with wrong. Say, God is bad. God has organized this world in a wrong way. And then we have um, the second Satan accusing Job again, chapter 2, verse 4. God has pointed out Job to Satan, and he says, Satan says to, to God, Skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to, his fa- to your face. He will say you're a bad God. Well, then God gave Satan permission to do terrible things to Job, to take his health away. And then his wife comes along, verse 9, and tries to entice Job to curse God. Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die! She, she acts as a sort of spokesman for the devil. But Job replies, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and, not, and shall we not receive evil? And then it says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So the devil was really, really keen to get Job to curse God and to say terrible things about God. And, but he failed. Job did not curse God. He did not sin in the way that he responded to the troubles that came to him. Why was it so important to Satan that he could get, get Job to curse God? Well, Job was this righteous man. He was a great, he was a great He was famous for his righteousness, famous for for being a spokesman for God. If he could get Job to say terrible things about God, then then this would would bring great dishonor upon upon God. But also, in in a sense, the devil would be able to say, well, I I won the bet, as it were. I won the challenge. And, as I said, uh, 
we face in our own way a similar temptation. Uh, the devil comes to us. I'm sure, he comes to he comes to me. I dare say he comes to you as well. And he tries to whisper in your ear when things go wrong. God has been bad to you. God has been unfair to you. God is not right. God is bad. He's dealt you a bad hand. He's governing this world in a bad way. And he's trying to tempt us to say, yes, I agree. And perhaps even to say that out loud. And maybe if we don't say it out loud, perhaps for a short while, some of us, perhaps we entertain those thoughts of resentment against God and bitterness and, and unbelief and, 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 and feeling as, you know, frustrated and angry about our lives and about what's happened to our lives. So what I want to do um, this evening um, is to sketch for us uh, why Job did not curse God. It would have been very easy for him to do so. Why did Job not curse God? And I, I think we can see four things uh, from, from this book. Uh, three in, in, this in, in these chapters and then one in a later chapter, which help us to see why Job uh, did not curse God. And the first one is this, that Job feared God. Uh, verse 1, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. <coughs> and God says about him, chapter 1, verse 8, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless <coughs> and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. And that's repeated in chapter 2, verse 3. <coughs> the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Job was a man who feared God. He, he knew that God is a holy God and a righteous God and a God who punishes sin. And he knew that to say something evil about God would have been a terrible sin. He feared God. He would not say such a thing because he feared God. <coughs> and he turned away from other sins as well <coughs> because of that fear of God. It was, we, we will be seeing in a moment about how Job uh, had a saving relationship with God and, uh, and, uh, and it was no doubt that fear of God that led him to come uh, to, to, to God for salvation through, uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. But it was also fear of God which moved him to continue to shun sin and to shun 
evil. And this is something that we should also seek to cultivate in our lives. The fear of God has got a bad press today, hasn't it? Uh, People don't like the fear of God. Uh, Our non-Christians say, oh, you're trying to frighten me into being a Christian. Well, it wouldn't do any harm for people to be a bit frightened of hell. Um, One of the Psalms says, which is quoted in Romans, there is no fear of God before their eyes. People, one problem for unbelievers is they don't fear God. But fear is also a good thing for believers. Uh, um, Proverbs 1, verse 7, famously says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 3, verse 7, Do, Be not wise in your own eyes. <coughs> fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And Psalm 34, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. And in the New Testament also we are encouraged to fear the Lord. Philippians 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only, as in, my, not only in my presence, but also much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure so Job feared God now the second thing we see is that Job believed that God reigns he believed that God is in charge of all Events. Now, we see this in chapter 1 and verse 21. He says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord has taken away, he says. But when we actually read the account of what actually happened uh, in verses, verse 13, we see that it's a whole load of, of, of humans who, apart from the last thing where there was the, the, the storm, but, uh, you've got raiding parties and so on. Uh, verse 14, the oxen were ploughing and the donkeys were feeding beside them and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck them down and the servants with the, with the edge of the sword. Uh, verse 16, uh, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned the sheep and the, and the uh, servants and consumed them and I alone have escaped to tell them. Verse 17, the Chaldeans formed three groups and, and made a raid of, on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword and I have alone escaped to tell you. And then verse 19, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and fell upon the young people and they are dead and I alone have escaped to tell you. So you've got this combination here of, of, of 
natural disaster, um, enemies coming along, and indeed the power of God. But you've got these different things, but it's all lumped together by Job. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. He sees all of these events as under God's control. And same again in chapter 2. He has all these illnesses come upon him. And he says in chapter 2 verse 10. Shall we receive good from the Lord and shall we not receive evil? He takes these illnesses that have come to him as, as, as having come from God. And this is the teaching of the whole of scripture. The scriptures teach us that what happens to us, even bad things that happen to us, are under God's control, under his rule. Lamentations 3 verse 37. Who has spoken and it came to pass unless the Lord commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come. Isaiah 45 verse 7. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Amos 3 verse 6. Does a disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? So we see that Excuse me. God is reigning over all events, even even bad events, even evil events. God is reigning over those things in order to accomplish. <coughs> excuse me, His will. Does that make God an evil God? Does that make God a bad God? No. Evil and bad things that happen, happen because of the evil that wrong people want to do and that Satan wants to do, even in his passage in Job. It's not that God was the instigator of evil against Job. It's not that God uh, wanted evil to come to him in the sense of having a malicious heart or anything else. No. But God in his purpose allowed that evil to happen for his own purposes and so in the new testament we read that god works out all things according to the counsel of his will in ephesians 1 11. and romans 8 verse 28 where god works all things together for good with those who love him and are called according to his purpose now we have the added benefit of course That we know that the purpose that God allowed these things to happen to Job. Because when Job was in the thick of it, he didn't know that. He didn't know about that, 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 that council that was held. And, 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 and we, don't know, we don't know who wrote Job and, and, and how that person knew about it. I wonder if, if Job wrote Job. And that God revealed to him afterwards. Oh, you know what happened, Watson? This 
this is this is what happened. We don't we don't I'm just speculating. I don't know, we don't know. And and that was, of course was the problem for Job because he knew that God rules over everything, but he couldn't work out why God had allowed these things to happen. But we've got the benefit of, of having the book of Job, and we can we know that the, the, that very often the purpose why God will rule over things and he will allow these things to happen is for our good, that in order to test our faith. And we've got the rest of scripture which says this as well, which of course Job did not have the benefit of. It's, it's, it's many people reckon that the book of Job was one of the first books of the Bible to be written. And so, so of course, and certainly Job didn't have the New Testament. And so it was a real battle for him to, to, to work out um, uh, uh, what, what, um, what, what, what was going on. But we have the example of example of the benefit, for example, of, of 1 Peter chapter 1, which, um, which tells us that, uh, that uh, that why, God, why God rules and allows trials to happen. 1 Peter 1 verse 6. In this, he says, this is your salvation, you rejoice. Though for a little while, you, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that refer, which perishes though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, That had not really been revealed at that point in time when, when this book was written. That was partly why it was such a battle for Job to understand what was going on. But even though he, he didn't have the apparatus at this point to know that God is ruling over things for good for his children, he still had the benefit of knowing that God is ruling. So... If Job was comforted by that truth, how much more should we be comforted? Knowing not only, not only uh, God is ruling, but also that God is ruling for our good. Now, a third thing. Job knew that all gifts have come from God and that God is free to take them away whenever he chooses. Look again at chapter 1 and verse 21. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He knew that he didn't have any right to anything. He came into the world naked. He's going to leave the world naked. He doesn't own anything by right. He doesn't have any, any claim on anything. Anything that he's enjoyed in this life has been, as it were, lent to him by God for a period of time. He knew that it is God who's made this world and that everything in this world belongs to God. As reflected in Psalm 21, which is why we sang that hymn a little while ago. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
the world and those who dwell in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. This world belongs to God because he made it. So if you have any health, good health, well, that's the gift of God. If If you're married and you've got children, well, that's God's gift to you. If you're living in a house, that's God's gift to you. You don't, you don't have a right to that. It, it, it didn't, wasn't, it didn't, you didn't make it yourself. or uh, it doesn't, You can't claim ownership of it in, this, in the permanent sense. It's been, it, it belongs to God and you're a steward of it for a while. And it's his right to take it away at any time. And Job understood that. Um. Jeremiah says in chapter 10, verse 23, he says, I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own, for it's not up for a man to direct his steps. My life is not my own. If God chooses to give me life and health and strength, well, thanks be to God. But if if he should choose to take that from him, well, how can I complain? Because it's not mine in the first place, it's his. a theme which comes up in lots of places in the Bible, in, in Jeremiah and in Isaiah uh, and in Romans, is the idea of potter and clay. God is the potter. We are the clay. And he can do with us as he pleases because he is God. And uh, uh, we are in his hands. We... Um, we have a very widespread view in our society, don't we, that, that, that I've got a right to have life. I've got a right to have food. I've got a right to health. I've got a right to this. Well, actually, God graciously gives those things to people. But you can't say you've got a right to those things because we're just clay. We're just dust and we're sinful dust at that. And uh, we've got no right to claim these things. So um, Job feared God. Uh, He knew that God was sovereign. He knew that God had the right to do with with us as he pleases. And the fourth thing which, which, which helped Job to accept or to, 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 to have a right response to uh, to God was that he was looking forward to the resurrection. Now, there are these amazing words which sort of come out of, almost out of nowhere in chapter 19 and verse 25. And, and, and they help us to see that Job was a believer in the Lord. How he knew about Christ, we don't know. How he knew about the resurrection, we don't know. But he did. Thousands of years before Jesus came, here's this amazing understanding that he had. He said, for I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. His Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, lived, lives. 
And he's going to come again. He shall stand upon the earth. And after Job's skin has been destroyed, yet in his flesh he shall see God. He's going to be raised up. And in his flesh he will see God. And he will see God for himself. And his eyes shall behold him. Not, and not somebody else's eyes will see him. Job's own eyes will see God. And that's something which was a great comfort to him. Well, what Job, of course, Job knew, no doubt in very, very limited form, we have a far stronger revelation of with the coming of Christ, Jesus' death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, the teaching of the New Testament about our own future resurrection, teaching in 1 Corinthians 15 about, about how we shall be raised from the dead, we shall have glorious new bodies, teaching 1 Thessalonians about how the Christ will come and we shall uh, meet him when he comes, teaching Revelation chapter 21, chapter 22 about the wonders of the final state. So if Job was, could, was helped not to sin against God, not to have bad thoughts about God, not to uh, say terrible things about God by this truth, how much more should we be strong in our faith and not allow ourselves to, um, to uh, curse God? So in conclusion then, you and I, we are going to have to face difficulties in our lives. Some of us are facing great difficulties at the present time already. Ill health, family worries, work worries, and so on. Uh, we have every reason to expect more of the same to come. Uh, how are you going to respond? How am I going to respond when the trials come? Will we respond as Job did and say, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord? Or will we respond as his wife tried to get him to and say, oh, God is no God, God is, God is bad, God has got things wrong. May God help us to, uh, to be strong in our faith and not to curse God very important that we don't curse God. It's very, very important that we give glory to God even in that time of difficulty. So when you are very ill and it won't be long before you die in that moment of weakness, still praise God. Still rejoice in God. And that You'll be in great glory to God as you do so. Don't allow that, that trial, that difficulty to, to lead you to think and to say bad things about God. So that you, you bring glory and honor to him uh, right the way through to the end. And when disaster strikes in your family or in, your society, in society or in your job, Remember Job, 
don't entertain bad thoughts of God, but give glory and honor to God. Well, may God help us and may God help us to, to glorify and honor him in, in our thinking and in our uh, speech.